When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Red Rooster. New spicy wings. Feel the peppery tingle. Limited time, so get in fast. The Rooster's calling. The powerful 3-litre turbo diesel Isuzu D-Max. No matter the adventure, the Isuzu D-Max is born to play. It's Saturday lunchtime. Which means it's crunch time on SEN. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Brooksy Gibson. You're not on. You are not talented. But welcome to Crunch Time. I am not Joel Kane. I am Nick Davis. I have made the move from studio left to studio right. Uh, but welcome to Crunch Time. Thanks to Red Rooster Spicy. New spicy wings. Feel the peppery tingle for a limited time. So get in fast. The rooster is calling. And the Isuzu, the powerful three-litre turbo diesel Isuzu D-Max. No matter what the adventure, the Isuzu D-Max is born to play. And boys... We have an adventure. Zero <laughs> first. Welcome. Hello, hello Nick. Hello, James. Uh, what, what a what a funny situation, mate. We got lockdowns around the city with the police. Did you get caught up police? in that? Uh, well, I, I went through the. Uh, there was a, 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 a coming from my place at North Ride on the, on the freeway. There was about fifteen cars on the freeway, and uh, no, I, I didn't get pulled over. But there was plenty of cars pulled over, and then to jump in here and watch a couple of finals too before we've come on here, we, it's been. They're fabulous. It would be perfect, perfect to have this man in the uh, in oh, the studio. Is it what? Yes. Is it <laughs> he can just take over now, James. Make us <laughs> while, while the swimming's on. Well done. You can uh, talk us through that. We just saw Ariane Titmus second in the uh, in the eight hundred. Yeah, so it was a big one for Ariane. Uh, disappointingly, Ariane got beaten in the four by two hundred freestyle relay. If they had won that relay, Ariane would have been swimming then to become the single most successful Australian Olympian in history. Uh, no Olympian ever for Australia has got four golds in one Olympics before. Unfortunately, they got dusted in the four by two. So Ariane um, was racing for a third gold of the meet. But yeah, Ledecky just too strong. Um, at the start of the week, I was pretty bullish on um, Tipness in the 800 freestyle. But when we saw that relay, she just looked like the week had started to catch up to her a bit. She's had a heat semi-final of a 200 free, uh, two 400 frees. Uh, two 4x200 freestyle yeah. relays plus now 1.6 kilometres worth of two 800 freestyle races. It adds up. Oh, man, the amount of laps she's done this week. And when you take into consideration before and after every race, she's warming up and swimming down, usually somewhere between one and two kilometres each time. She's probably clocked up somewhere between 30 and 40 kilometres in the pool this week, including At racing. At the highest level. Wow. At the highest wow. level, yeah. And it kind of makes you think back to when Michael Phelps won the eight golds, including, you know, heat semis and finals and the warm-ups and warm-downs, he would have clocked over 50 kilometres that week in the pool, which just blows my mind. Well, that's my lifetime of swimming, mate. I don't know. Yeah, in a cover in two weeks, it's just, uh, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's been... 
I mean, they've captured, you know, with the lockdown in Sydney here, you know, it's just it's captured everyone's attention, hasn't it? It's, it's been, you know, the one the one shining shining light for this, you know, well, the, the bleak time we're in is, is to sit down and watch the, the Australian swim teams. It's been fabulous. It yeah. has been. Have you been surprised by how well they've gone, given the, the build-up, the lack of international competition that's been around uh, in, in regards to lockdown? Is it, a, is it a sport that you can just lock in because you're very time-focused? A little bit, a little bit. Look... <laughs> It, it hurts not being able to race internationally. And because we're so isolated here in Australia and each state was isolated as well, a lot of these guys haven't had much top-level racing. So it was a little bit of the unknown. Where we've been really lucky as Australians is probably if this if this Olympics happens 12 months ago, um, Ledecky is probably more at her peak than Titmus. This extra year has really helped Titmus. Kaylee McEwen has come through in the last 12 months and is now a superstar because we've got such a young team in Australia that extra 12 months has actually benefited us a lot more than someone like the U S who have got more of an aging team. Um, I came out and made a prediction at the start of this games and a few people raised some eyebrows. I said, I thought this was our best swimming team, um, ever. Um, now if Leaving you think... yourself out of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, second best. <laughs> second best. Oh, <laughs> say... One notable inclusion, uh, but apart uh, from uh, that, uh, this is the best team. I didn't say they're the best blokes. I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and, and uh, I think people were a little surprised by that because in the past we've had household names like Thorpe, Hackett, O'Neill, um, and we probably didn't have that this year. Part of the reason for that is the sport of swimming hasn't been getting the attention that it has in the past um, f- for multiple reasons. But I strongly believe that this is the most talented team we've ever sent away. With that gold, uh, with that gold medal to Kaylee McEwen, we've now equaled the 1956 Olympic swimming team as the equal most successful team ever. We still have Emma McKeon with a 50 freestyle where I believe she'll win gold. Uh, we still have a couple of relays to come. So we will... Uh, supersede that 1956 team and this is the best Australian swimming team we have ever seen so what a privilege for all of us to get to to witness that um, most of us in lockdown but it's made us even more aware of you know the, the, the special event that we're seeing. Yeah it has and just one thing before we move on to all the stuff happening in southeast Queensland the difference between swimming heats and finals morning and night, how much of a difference does that actually make, having the finals in the morning and not at night? Huge, huge. Uh, I mean, if I can compare it to football, if, if you imagine like some days you just wake up, um, you get out of bed and you're just a bit dusty, a bit groggy. I was at this morning, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, that, if that's grand final day and you're playing your grand final at, at 9am, you haven't got much time to sort of get your head yep. into gear. Um, and, and that and that happens at the Olympics. Just because it's an Olympic Games doesn't mean you're bound out of bed every day, ready to go, feeling 100%. Sometimes you've got to work into your day and sometimes you do feel a bit dusty when you wake up. So it, it really irks me that we change a whole Olympic Games just for NBC's coverage in the East Coast of America. And you'll notice uh, athletics don't. The International Athletics Federation, the IAAF, told them to get staffed that they're, this is an Olympic Games. They're not going to change their program for anyone. FINA, on the other hand, <clears throat> bends over for NBC and says, hey, we'll, we'll run it so that the East Coast of America gets to watch the swimmers um, in prime time. Prime time, yeah. Get yeah. beat by us anyway. Yeah. yeah. Good. So, Good. It, Take yeah. that, you yanks. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? America's been able to see this Olympics, us crushing them in the swimming pool. So have that, NBC. 
Yeah, exactly. But um, look, we, there has been a lot happening this morning. If uh, if you're just joining us, you probably have, hopefully you were joining us all morning for around the grounds with my other show with my mate Adam Peacock. But there has been a, a snap lockdown, zero called in southeast Queensland. I'm not sure how it's going to uh, it's going to play out. The AFL, uh, my sport, they have um, they've suspended the games that are in Queensland. The uh, the Suns Demons game. The Swannies were meant to play Essendon uh, tonight at the Gabba. That's been postponed. And the Giants Port Adelaide tomorrow. But, Peter, Mr. Volandis is doing his best. <laughs> uh, he, well, if, if, if someone will get us on the field, it'll be him for, for, for sure. But I'm, I'm just, just flicking through some social media. There's, some, there's flights on standby out of, out of that region up, up, to, up north to, to, to Townsville. So it looks like they're trying to relocate games in, in, on short notice. But uh, fingers crossed because there's a... There's a lot of people are impacted by this snap lockdown by that. Is, is, is it the deputy premier who's called it? Because is a premier, is she still over there gloating with a Brisbane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she? oh. I want to talk about that later oh. on. Just one, one more thing on swimming while we're yeah. talking about the premier. It has really been ticking me off during the games. Anastasia, Anastasia Palaszczuk keeps tweeting oh, another gold for Queensland in the pool. Oh. We're not there representing we're, Queensland. We're there representing Australia. Australia. Jeez, it irks me when she says that. And the now redundant Joel. <laughs> Joel, <laughs> Joel <Moore. laughs> you can go home now, Joel. But uh, no, who was, who's made there? Jeanette Young. Jeanette Young. Um, she was yeah, uh, chief chief medical officer. Chief well, medical I, officer. I, 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 I won't comment about what my thoughts on on, on her and, and and our one in our state as well. But anyway, it, it is what it is. So we we got to live with it and abide by the rules. But um, yeah, it's yeah. That, you know, to shut down all sport on on the on the drop of a drop of a hat is uh, the, the the ramifications will be will be huge. But let, let's hope that there's common sense will prevail and we can get get you know people on the on the paddock and whilst people are in lockdown, they have got something to enjoy on TV. And Brooksy, you saw a tweet that the um, the VFL clash between the Gold Coast and Southport was cancelled during the first quarter. The end of the first quarter. end of the first yeah. quarter. Yeah. So they've. Getting oh, pretty serious with what's going on. Like even existing games that were on whilst this information came to hand, they've gone up. Oh, let's let's shut it down. Jeez, I, I yeah, I, I shake my head honestly. Yeah, I mean you're halfway through a game and it's just uh, you know let's get them all tested at the end of the game, complete the game, go into go into isolation, get COVID tested, and we'll we'll, we'll sort it out from there. But. So the game they're they're really trying to get up and run the is it the Raiders the Knights. Raiders Knights. That's Ev- the game that they're trying to get shifted right up north, up Townsville. Yeah, they're trying to get Everlandis to land in Townsville <laughs> and then set up some sort of game. I don't think it's going to be five thirty as uh, okay, so they, scheduled, but they so, want to get a game ahead. So we'll game. lose. We'll lose at least one game scheduled game today. I, well, I, I, I think that's what we're going to be finding out. So the okay. teams have gone in the level four, four protocols, yes. which means yeah. the te- all sixteen teams are in their hotels at the moment until further notice. Yeah. So. What we what we've heard so far is that nothing's been cancelled. The teams are there. We've heard rumours that there might be a game up in Townsville, mm-hmm. which might mean that the game at three o'clock will go ahead. Dragons, uh, Rabbitohs, right, yeah. because they're outside that area in Rockhampton. Uh-huh. We'll we'll wait and see. Yeah, so, and mate, see you're the... worried about getting up at nine o'clock to go for a swim. Oh, right. <laughs> Come on, <mate. laughs> yeah, it's getting pretty wild. It's Brown Park. So that's where Dragons and Rabbitohs playing. That's Rockhampton, is it? Yeah, so that's outside. So it's sunny coast, Brisbane, outer, um, outer western side of yeah, Brisbane, Ip- western Ipswich side of Gold Coast, Ipswich and the Gold Coast, which yeah, are in that lockdown okay. area. Yeah, wow. Morton Bay as well, where Redcliffe, the Sunday yes. game. 
is Man, on manly, manly, manly sharky. Yeah, so yeah. Well, it's it's um. Well, I, I, I spoke to both my boys this morning. Um, actually, it's, it's Curtis's birthday today, so we we give a yell this morning. But they were. Yeah, they were down on the beach having a coffee and enjoying life, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know. Get back before, indoors. Get back in get, yeah, it, get inside. Shut the door and, you know, put the tape on the sliding door on the balcony and out you go. So, As we welcome in former host. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> i tell you what, Nick, you, you, you need to learn from your lessons, right? And I'm, uh, I'm coming in. I was listening to you boys on the yeah. SCN app. Uh-huh. And so I you should have been. I, I, I felt like the, uh, the girls in the 200-metre freestyle, like the, those who did the lead-up were that good. They should have just stayed in the chair. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm the heat swimmer. Yeah. I'm the heat, I feel like the heat swimmer. I've done everything. I've got you into lane you're off the, four. You're off the podium I've now. Got, <laughs> I've got you into lane four. You're in the middle. Oh, you've got me into lane four. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've qualified first. Don't you worry about me, that. You watch me muck it up from here. Yeah. <laughs> no, no risk. No, what do you know, boys? It's all happening. What yeah. you, what's the drive like? Because I've got to go back to where nah, you've no, just come you're from. You're fine. You're back fine. in the Shire, back yeah. in God's country. However, I have advised Timmy Manor and Finchie, who are joining us in the call, get the train. If, if you want to go anywhere near the city, just get the train. I've been sitting there in gridlock for a long time. How are you going, Sarah? I'm well, mate. I'm yeah. well. I, I didn't get pulled over this morning, but I went through the, you know, they were setting up on the freeway on the, on the way in, mate. But mm. um, just got from Struggle Street over an East Ride. Oh, yeah. Into the studio. Oh, so, yeah. So. He owns half of these, right? What about this, boys? <laughs> what about this? It's just this extra presence, isn't there? The son of Miss Dunn. The son of Miss Dunn. <laughs> My English teacher, Miss Dunn, was his mother. Really? James Magnuson's mother. Yeah, yeah what a small out. world. Really? She's listening today. Hello, so, Miss hello, Dunn. Mom. Is she? <laughs> She's listening. Feel free to phone in or (laughs) give us any sort of information on these two, Miss. Don't be outstanding. Give us an insight on Joel's uh, marks at school. If any of my grammar is poor, I'm looking at you, Miss. It's it's, it's all on you. Is she a maths teacher? What's that got to do with grammar? English teacher. (laughs) English teacher. You must have listened at school. Um, (laughs) How are you, Alex? Uh, Tired, but happy. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. What a what a cast. I tell you what, I'm honoured to be. Surrounded by the the presence that is in here in the studio this week, it's yeah. been a superb time. Yeah, well, I'm in here. I've, I need to catch up with my money. Unlike you, I was loyal. I backed Ariane Titmus in the 800. Not How I. How dare you? Oh, you got on Ledecky, did you? Back Ledecky. What price did you get her at? <laughs> it was very short. Very un-Australian. I've seen your ads. <laughs> Bet yeah. with your head and gamble responsibly. <laughs> that is what I did. Yeah, that that is what I did. <laughs> hey. What are we doing, Brooks? Who's marching on? Go to a break. Go to a break. No, yeah. can I go home now? <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. No worries, mate. Good start, Nick. Well done. Yeah. Crunch time, all right. Thanks to Red Rooster, new spicy wings. Feel the peppery tingle. Limited time, so get in fast. The Rooster's calling. And Isuzu, the powerful three-litre turbo diesel. Isuzu D-Max, no matter the adventure, the Isuzu D-Max is born to play. James, the missile Magnuson, big zero here in the house as well. And Caleb Dressel, uh, where does he rank amongst some of the great swimmers, Jimmy? Well, you know what? So he'll end his career up there with Phelps as, as one of the greats. Here's a little bit of controversy for you Saturday yeah, morning. <laughs> Peppery tingle. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get something? Yeah. I reckon he's a better swimmer than Phelps. Wow. Now, Ooh. the reason being, Phelps is a great swimmer, but Phelps is doing some pretty obscure events. I'm talking 400 IM, 200 butterfly, events that most people look at and go, ah, not for me. Right. Caleb Dressel's in the thick of it. 100 freestyle, 100 butterfly, 50 freestyle, the three most hotly contested events at the Olympic Games. And he's dominating them. As we watch him take off here, like, look how dominant this guy is. 
in the in the toughest event uh, in the Olympics, 100 freestyle, he dominated. He's dominating now in the 50 freestyle. That's where the, I see the difference between him and Phelps is the events that they do. Um, so I, I, I think he'll go down as as one of the greats. Well, the population of the events he participates in is just far far greater, isn't it? Yeah. So you see, like for the heats, uh, you'll turn up on 50 freestyle or 100 freestyle day. There'll be somewhere between 15 and 20 heats of swimmers. Yeah. That's how popular it is. You turn up on 200 butterfly day, two, maybe yeah, three, yeah, three right. heats. No one wants to do it. That's too, um, that's too hard. It's yeah, too yeah. Yeah. That's it. So that's why I, I think what Caleb Dressel is doing is so impressive. Well, my kids were asking me, they said, Dad, why, why are Australia so good in the pool with our population's only 25 million? And I said, well, you've got to look more into the population of, you know, we're an island, right? So a lot of kids are out there surfing and swimming and whatever it is that involves water. So our population of those who are participating in the water compared to many countries is much higher, isn't it? Yeah, correct. And, you know, along the East Coast is where pretty much all our population is. We're all living on the water. In America, most of their swimmers will come from um, down that west coast, from LA sort of down around there, or the, the east coast down around Florida and that area. That's where the, the two hotspots are for their talent. They get a little bit through Texas and stuff like that, but for the most part, they're from the coast as well. So that's kind of where the comparisons lie in terms of population. Uh, just kidding. That was a world record, Brooksy. No, nah, just off. Just, just off. off. Yeah, just, yeah. just off. Uh, he does have the world record, though, I think, Caleb Dressel. Matt Temple finished uh, equal fifth, by the way. But we get to do this again, Alex. Let's do this. Go! Go to Australia! Go! Yes, <laughs> Caleb McEwen got the gold. Emily Seabon got the bronze. Uh, that's our seventh Olympic gold as far as the pool's concerned. As far as the pool's concerned there. Katie Ledecky's done it again. The 200, the 400, the 800, the 1500 freestyle at the Olympics. Ariane Titmus wins silver. It was great insight you're giving, Jimmy, about... Uh, the amount of laps and, and 30 to 40 K zero that Ariane, she, she would be so relieved. It's all over now, wouldn't it? Yeah, she would be. And it's, it's a roller coaster of a week because she was right up at the start of the week for that 400 freestyle. So the emotions are high. She's trying to sleep coming off those uh, results. She'd be absolutely buzzing. Then she had a little bit of disappointment of the four by 200 freestyle. So she's really riding the wave of the week. Um, and to have the 800 freestyle at the end of the week is it's pretty brutal. Um, the, the way you'd like oh, you, yeah. you'd like your week to be structured potentially longest event at the start and then come down in distance. To come up to that 800 at the end of the week would just be, oh, it'd be a, a, a heartbreaking thing to be standing on the blocks going, "This is the longest race I've got," and I'm day seven of the meet. Wow, wow! And, and just we're talking before Sarah about. Who's the star athlete out of this? Like if you had to pin it onto one Australian, is it still currently, like Kaylee's making a big bid, is it still currently Ariane Titmus at this moment? I think the reason it may end up being Ariane is because she beat Ledecky and yeah. that was a big match race. Uh, there wasn't the same big name for Kaylee to beat, but Kaylee's times were close, were Olympic records, so were more impressive. So... From a swimmer's perspective and in terms of longevity, I see Kaylee McEwen being uh, a really big name for probably at least the next Olympics, if not the next two. But I think when they first get home, it'll be Titmus who will be the, the headline grabber. But making a late dip at that is Emma McKeon. Gold yesterday in the 100 freestyle. will swim for gold in the 50 freestyle tomorrow. 
may get gold in the 4x1 medley relay and already got gold in the 4x100 freestyle relay. So she could outdo them all and yeah. put them on the line. It's a great problem to have for the swim team. Like it, What it does is it disperses the pressure. So when you go to Olympic Games, if we only had Titmus, if that yes. was our one and only swimmer, the pressure and the expectation on her would be insane. But because that's shared out across a number of events, suddenly it's a little bit easier to step up there and know that, well, if I don't get gold, Kaylee's up the next day and she can, she can um, you know, sort of carry the team a little bit in that. So I think they're in a really great uh, era where they can share the pressure. Look, will they have to share the sponsorship dollars? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that's not ideal. And that's where sometimes you get this little, this, this awkward moments on the swim team where, you know when you're coming up and, and you're beating some of those older guys and you're starting to get the sponsorship dollars that it doesn't sit well yeah. with other people on the team. And I, I certainly felt that at times in my career um, where there was a little bit of um, ill feeling towards me because I was getting a lot of spotlight. Um, so, you know, it is a little bit of an awkward situation, but um, I think the benefits far outweigh um, the negatives for, for this Australian team. Ciro, how's your stable mate going, uh, Blocky, at this time? Is he, is it his third Olympics, Aiden? AJ, yeah, he's he's just walked down on on, on the pool deck now. The uh, the water polo boys are playing Spain, Spain now, they, and they've got a win to stay alive in their in their pool, I think, because they, they play Kazakhstan in their last game. But yeah, yeah they, they got touched up by Serbia the other night. I mean, they came back at the end. I think it finished 14, 14 8. But Block's good now. He's uh. He's a veteran of the Olympics now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. um, but he went to London, he went to Rio, yes. and he was booked to go to Tokyo last year with, with the family too. So It's a bummer it's a, to miss it, out it, for it the is, parents, mate. isn't oh, it? Well, he's a poss. Well, yeah. He's a poss, isn't he? He's Parent of a shark. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> yeah. not, not like me starting the pod. <laughs> uh, no? I actually saw Aiden uh, one day. So Aiden does a lot of training out at N-Swiss at Homebush where we'd train for the swimming and uh, the Serbians were out here for some friendly games oh, with the Australians. <laughs> and uh, I was across at the medical centre getting a massage or whatever. And Aiden came across. And I've never seen anything like it. He had a hole in his cheek where a punch-up had started oh, with wow. the Serbians. And someone had punched straight through his cheek, hit his teeth and opened up his cheek just right in the middle. And you could see straight into his mouth. <laughs> And I mean, I've been in and around football, you know, my whole life and never seen an injury like that. And it was from some big Serbian <laughs> yeah. in water uh, polo. Like father, like son, mate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he went back down to anyone too. Cause I, and, and, and you don't realise how big they are too. Mate, the water, huge. Water polo blokes, they are massive. Yeah. Like, they, like they do the uh, the national anthems by the side of the pool. And, and, and AJ, who's about, Aiden's about 6'1", 6'2". Yep. And he, he looks like a midget. Yeah, he does. Blokes, I know? reckon yeah. probably the yeah. average height across that Serbian six team would be 6'5 upwards. Wow. So I'm 6'5 and pale in comparison to a lot of those players. And and big right. big barrel-chested. Oh, yeah. They smoke in between the games. Yeah, yeah they drink. Like, they're just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have yeah. played water polo, Joel. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where the big, big... I'll tell you what, boys. Did you see this last night? Did you see... And I was watching the 10,000-metre the race. Did you see yeah. Patrick Tiernan, the Australian? Best thing I've seen in all Olympics. I agree with that. Yeah. I was watching the 5,000 metres before it. And you see uh, throughout the race, right? It's around the track. So it's, it's all very obvious to see. There's little breakaway groups. And I keep thinking, you know, you're at the Olympic Games. If that group breaks away, you're not catching them back up. That's your Olympic hopes that's gone. It. Surely you're doing everything you can. You're pushing to stay on the back of that group. And you see people drop off the back and sort of, you know, come in quite a way behind. And they don't look too distressed. Our Aussie boy sat with that pack. Oh, yeah. It 
physically and mentally broke him to the point where he was collapsing as he came towards the finish line. But I thought, what an awesome attitude to just think, whatever physical cost, I'm going to stick with this group. And at the end of the day, if, if I don't make it to the finish line, what's the difference between 10th and, and did not finish? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I'm here, I'm here to um, do my best. And for me, that was the moment of the Olympics so far, to see someone push themselves to physical exhaustion. They turned for home, Ciro. There was one lap to go. And it was just basically all the Africans. And genetically, the makeup is more advantageous for an African to run those types of races. And the results show that. And I was saying to the kids, I said, look at this, guys. Like, he is sticking with the pack. And you just knew they were going to burn him off. They're they're running out, just uh, cruising. (laughs) They, They were absolutely cruising. They're sprinting the whole way. And he was sticking with them. They got to the final bell lap. They put the foot down. It's just a sprint. Oh, they... And and as Jimmy said, he just gave it his all. And then they had the camera looking down the track as the... Last you know, hundred when they come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah last yeah, hundred yeah. as they're coming in. And you see right at the backdrop, the stumble. And I thought, wow. You know, like he... He'll, he, well, he can't go home disappointed. No. Can he? He, he can't oh, no. physically if you give your dumb all. all. Mate, yeah. If you give your all, that's all, that's all people ask you, isn't yeah. it? You know? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that's, a, that's a great moment for him. So. It's pretty rare. Like, I've watched a lot of sport over a lot of years. I've seen one or two in the, uh, the triathlon, like the Ironman distance, mm. the 70.3. They, they get like that. Sometimes they even... Uh, their bowels let them down towards <laughs> yeah, the end yeah, of the right, race. Right, yeah. But he did that only over only 10K. It was less than 30 minutes. He pushed himself to that level. And it makes you think, if everybody had that mentality going into that 10, 10K race, if some of those Kenyan guys who are out the front, if they pushed themselves to that level of exhaustion, how fast would they be going? Because they crossed the line and they smiles, hugs. Yeah. Yeah, the boys like, oh, still look oh, like yeah. they were cruising. He's pushed himself beyond what anybody else in that race could could even imagine. So, uh, yeah, that, for me, that's the moment of the Olympics. And that's something that will stay in my mind. And, and, and an image that's burned into my mind was him collapsing and with the death wobbles. It was so impressive. And I, I think he'll become a bit of a cult figure, certainly in the athletics world. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 0457736736. Talk about marathons, the reptile. So we called the game last night with Finchie. And we should get some highlights of that because the energy that he has calling a game is outstanding. It, it, he's, <laughs> he's giving labour during a game. Anyway, the reptile was along the journey and he was getting tucked into the scotches, right? The, um, the morning focused genius and boys. Uh, he calls uh, Finchie the unfocused genius. Mm-hmm. Guess who's back? Back again. The reptile's back. Tell your friends. What a performance by the women in the soccer last night. The reptile. Yeah, that was brilliant too, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just caught that by by chance. I flicked over, and it was it was still four it was four three double extra time or yeah. something other. And yeah, it was a it's a hell of a win, isn't it? Oh, unbelievable! Just saw all the twists and turns. I think it was was it two all two all at full time. Yep. Yeah. With about a minute or two yeah, to go, Sam yeah. Kerr got the goal. Yeah, yeah, it was two one. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and then they missed a penalty. Then we scored. Was it we scored straight after that? Yeah. Turn around, quick turnaround on that too. But just a. Where does that leave us? Are we medal contention? Semi-final, yeah. Semi-final. Yeah. Think, yeah. That was right. quarter-final. So two shots and a medal Good because you've got England. the game to yeah. go into the final. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Lord if you Bryce, fail, yeah. yeah. yeah so who we got up next? Uh, Sweden again, who beat us last time. Ooh. So we take you on Sweden. But it is the Olympics. Uh, there you go. Have your say on the text line 0457 736 736. 
this is crunch time. And don't forget the peppery tingle, all thanks to Red Rooster. Get your questions in for Ciro and the missile, one 1170 You can text us 0457-736-736 and tweet us at 1170SEN. A break it back with more. Uh, it is crunch time brought to you by Red Rooster and Isuzu. Now, uh, the reptile does call Finchie the unfocused genius. Now, he's going to be part of the call if the game goes ahead. We'll get to that in a minute. Boys, uh, we did notice something funny yesterday, as Finchie pointed out. The president of the IOC, I think it was the president, has not been sighted off Nobbies the whole time. And then there he is. He turned up for the women's beach volleyball. <laughs> him, and, him and his little mate, they're going, uh, not the weightlifting today, Dennis. <laughs> We're going to go to the... Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I should comment on that, Joe. <laughs> my thoughts, but... Yeah. Women's beach volleyball. That's what he did. Anyway, maybe he's just... Uh, anyway, um, this is the latest as far as the rugby league is concerned. And uh, just got to open up this. I might go there, Brooksy, but Michael Carianis is reporting that... The South Sydney Rabbitohs, who have flown into Rockhampton, they've been asked to remain on the plane. So that is a, this is a developing story by Michael Carianis in the Daily Telegraph. They arrived for their scheduled 3pm clash with the Dragons, but have been told they must not leave the plane. A Rabbitohs player said they have no idea what is going on. The Dragons players remain at their Brisbane hotel as they await word. It would take about two hours for them to arrive at the Rockhampton ground from Brisbane's airport. It is hoped that the match is still played on Saturday, but that is yet to be confirmed. Well, at the very least, this is not going to be played at 3 p.m. Uh, we wouldn't mm. have thought that. Moving the dragons Rabbitohs clash to Monday has been discussed. However, it would also mean shifting St. George Illawarra's round 21 game against Canberra uh, with the knock-on effect there. It'll only be a four-day turnaround otherwise. The Knights and the Raiders clash originally scheduled to be played at Suncorp Stadium today at 5.30 has been moved to Townsville. It is hoped that match is still played on Saturday but he's yet to be confirmed. So, wow, um, this is all happening. And keeping in mind, if a game, Ciro's been... And you've been part of the setup with the Blues and all what goes on, just getting a team ready. Well, if the Knights and the Raiders clash scheduled for Suncorp today at 5.30 moves to Townsville, well, you've got all that to deal with from a logistics point of view. You've got the broadcasters have got to go and set up shop somehow. So it's a shit fight, basically. Well, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, the one thing is about... The, about football, as, as you know, yeah. Joel, very adaptable, mate. Yeah. So you know, you know, it's a it's a it's a fluid situation. So they'll just move, and they'll you know they'll if if, if they said you yeah, can't play in the Queen Street Mall, I'm sure they would. You yeah. know, yeah. Here's a couple of house bricks and get out there and get into it, boys. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's what that's what footballers do. But uh, yeah, I mean, just to get the get the show on the road, whatever it takes. I think they'll, yeah, they'll do it. But it's 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 a it's a it's a strange one. This snap lockdown. But what, what was there? How many cases were detected in the? What? Six, I think, in Queensland. Six. I so. believe so, yeah, six. Yeah, six, okay. So they've shut down the whole whole southeast Queensland for six days. That, that, yeah, that's right. It's interesting. I'll tell you what, though, and, and this, you can have your view, or, and the reason I was late, and it was great that Nick Davis uh, started this, but the reason I was late was because of... He was very good too, Nick. He was outstanding, outstanding, and the, the shares have dived a little bit here in the last year. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, <laughs> it, it, it was very, very good, Nick. But I was late, of course, because there was gridlock, and the reason there was gridlock is they were basically checking to see if anyone had plans to turn up to a protest. And this is where there are problems, right? So regardless of what you think, the law was to stay in lockdown, and, and most millions of people have done that, and we're not going to get into a p political chat, no. but... But what I will say is this, for people who were at the protest last week, the reason we were all, all in gridlock was because of the protest last week, right? Now, behind me, I was in the third lane, so the, the right, far right lane, and then ambulance is trying to get through. So can you imagine being in the back of that ambulance in all sorts of strife, desperate to get to a hospital? And 
the ambulance can't get through because we're in gridlock. There's a steel uh, rail in between us, so they they got nowhere to go. Oh, so yeah. cars one by one are slowly but surely finding ways to go left. But then if you're the poor bugger in the back of the ambulance, mm. you know, like critical yeah. time for you, and that that's because of people who went to the protest. Knock Any, on effect, yeah, that's right. The knock on effect. Anyway, uh, the Broncos a big win, defeating the Cowboys thirty-seven points to eighteen last night, gentlemen. Tyson Gamble with three tries. I was a big fan of Tyson Gamble coming through at the West Tigers. And if my knock on the West Tigers is this, Ciro, I don't believe we have enough competitors who want to win. Who just you know, they, The stories would come out about Billy Slater. He'd be playing ping pong and just had to win. And I'd imagine those swimming camps would be very competitive people because you want to win. Mm. I feel as though the West Tigers, we've got too many people who are just happy to play first grade but don't have that killer must win. What, what do you read about that? Well, the, oh, the reason I was saying that Tyson Gamble, yeah, okay. he was a he's a competitor. Yeah, well, he, he he had a couple of a couple of seasons there, and I know that he was released to go back to back to Redcliffe. I think he's from originally, and he's he's worked hard and uh, got to start with the Broncos. But yeah, look, and and, and sometimes it, 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 it takes it, it takes getting moved from one club to another club, Joel, just to yeah, make you wake up to yourself. Yeah. Really, really, yeah, you, you get a kick in the backside. You think, well, I've, I've got to change my attitude. I've got to change a whole lot of things to. You know, but it, that that underlying competitiveness that probably doesn't go away, but I guess if you go to a new environment, sometimes it's hard to hard to show that, or mm. blokes are a bit shy too. But but yeah, I mean, but regardless of what I say about Tyson, yeah, we we need competitors at, yeah. at, at the Tigers. It, it's uh, it was a pretty sorry night for them last night, and you know everything I'm sort of reading, you know all the punters, all the you know rusted on old Western Tigers fans have they've had enough, you know, so something. Something's got to change, mate. So, yeah. uh, I, I think last, last night may have been the one that you know it's it's, it's breaking the old camel's back, so to speak. So. Are they are they still filming the Tiger Town documentary? Uh, I, I, <laughs> that I, is going to well, turn I, into I, a depressing uh, yeah, show. Yeah. Well, you need Sunderland to finish. Till I die. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I think with everyone going in the hub, mate, they, it, it, was, it was shut down anyway. Ah, they, okay. they filmed. Ah, I th- right. I think they filmed sort of three or four episodes. Well, they've got enough content to have. Three or four episodes, yeah. but once they moved the whole competition up up north, mate, yeah, everything was was closed yeah. down there, you know. But um, it was great viewing, and I yeah, mean, it, yeah. it's unmissable, scenes, yeah, unmissable yeah. to see the fallout from what's happened recently, um, and particularly how Michael Maguire handles it. I think he came out of it looking pretty, pretty good, but geez, the results of late, the Tigers—they uh, <laughs> hate winning, they hate it. Well, fans, <laughs> we used to joke as fans saying, oh, not ninth again. Well, we'd take ninth right now. <laughs> we'd absolutely take ninth. Uh, 18 points to 16. Uh, let's have a listen to what the coach, and by the way, I, I'll go on record and say, I don't think it's the coach's fault. I, I don't at no. all think it's no. Major no. Maguire's fault. But let's have a listen to what the great man had to say. Uh, first half, they stuck to the plan. Um, second half, they didn't. They didn't build the pressure in the second half and they invited the opposition back into the game. So, pretty simple. It was... Uh, you know, two halves of difference, but first half they executed what they meant to do, and obviously the second half they went away from that. How do you explain the play the ball towards the end of that match where there's no one there? Where, look, you, you score a try, you win the game, and no one was around to be in the dummy half. What, what does that say about where the headspace is? Maybe uh, it got probably fran- it got frantic. Yeah, everyone was trying, but um, you got to concentrate on that moment in time and. Yeah, the, you've got to get your dummy half to the, the play of the ball. Uh, yeah, well, someone needs to jump in there. So, yeah, that's obviously a disappointing part of, yeah, we're in a position there to really take control of the game then. A group of young men that you could probably see that I've blooded over a period of time and they're having 
experiences, sometimes highs, sometimes lows. Uh, they've learned how to play the game. Um, you know, I had Kelma debut today. I had young Tuki Simkin you know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I've got a Sean Bloor came back for his first time. So I've actually been giving a lot of young men an opportunity. Uh, unfortunately, today we had probably a number of our senior guys that weren't there, but. Our expectation as a group is that you've got to turn up and get the job done. So they'll learn a lot out of those sorts of things. And, you know, the, you know everyone wants it now, which uh, myself as a coach and players want. But they're going through a lot of experiences at the moment that are going to be the makings of what this group's about. Yeah, Ciro, he spoke about execution. Now, there was... And by the way, congratulations to Bailey getting a big win. That was a big win, wasn't it, for Warriors? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, with... I think I said nine, nine or ten regular starters out of the side. Yeah, yeah, no one gave them a chance. I don't think anyone gave them a chance. But, you know, they, that's self-belief. And I, I spoke to Bailey during the week and, you know, they, they, they still filled it a handy side. But, yeah. Um, and I, I don't think it was complacency from the Tigers, mate, but it's just one of those things that, you know, that's been their problem for the last, probably their last decade, you know. They just haven't had the ability to keep, keep, keep focused on, you know, for the full 80 minutes. They, they play well in patches and, Fall apart at other other times, mate. But you, you need guys who are who are up to you're mentally up to it. Who, yeah. who are just hard asses who will drive drive the the, the expectation of, of the playing group to, to 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 high levels, you know, and make blacks accountable. They just I don't think we've got those sort of leaders in the club. Well, this is what I said, Jimmy. Uh, people are asking me uh, as an old player, what would you do to fix it? And, and my three points are this: you've got to get the roster to a point where your five highest paid players are very closely aligning with your five best benchmark setters. So they lead the way, as the Melbourne Storm would do. It was always Billy Slater, Cronk and Smith, who, who were the five, three best players, paid players, benchmark setters as well. So that's point number one. And I'm not suggesting you go after those three, but your top three players paid have to be setting the benchmark, which is not currently happening. We need to stop signing second chances. We, it has been the second chance home for 21 yep. years. We need to stop that. So that, there's two of my points. I forget my other point, by the way, uh, which I'll get to in a moment. But uh, two out of three aren't I, bad. I said saw that life. they were after Curtis Scott, potentially, talking about second chances. That's right. Like, oh. Again, uh, and they, surely they learned their lesson from Leilua, or surely they learned their lesson from James Roberts, like, far out. The, well, you know, Russell Packer, and, and he, he did yeah. his rehabilitation. That's fine. and but But he doesn't need to come to the West Tigers. We don't need the second chance players. And there's a stack more of those as well, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know how this is going to end for the Tigers, and, and and I suppose the best part for the win with the Warriors, Ciro, is it must be such a tough job for for uh, Brownie now that the players know they're not going to be playing in the finals, but you've still got to hang around for five or six weeks. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and particularly losing a couple of guys, you, you know, and, and and people have different thoughts about you know Roger pack up and going home, you know, there's still six or seven weeks to go. What do you think about that? Well, I, I I understand why he's going, mate, yeah. but I, I think. If if you're the leader of the club and you, you, you're again you're setting standards and he, he's been he's been a, you know, he's been an outstanding player for, for for years and years there but yeah I I, uh, I I have my reservations about packing up and going home sure there'll be yeah, that there's an eight week you know, bubble now with a, yeah. with, a, with a New Zealand but you know he'll, he'll have time to get back home and I, I think most of their families were over here anyway with, with them you know, yeah. the, at, at at Terrigal then they've moved up to up to Queensland with them so. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure Roger's circumstances. I know his family was was with him in Terrigal, but yeah, it's 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 a funny one. And then Lisson Armour j- jumped on the back of that as well. So that they gave him permission, but you know they've been away from home for a long time now. Those blokes have been away 18 months, you know, living you know living here in Australia. So it's, um, but yeah, I, I, I was a little bit 
taken aback, to be honest, when, when I heard that they're granting him permission to go home. As soon as we hear any news around uh, Sharky's asking, uh, do we know if the game's going ahead, Sugar? We'll let you know as soon as we know. And we're going to cross out to Channel 7 very shortly for Tokyo, where they have the mixed relay. Mixed medley, is it? or the? Yeah, mixed medley. Um, so a couple of different tactics here. Some will lead off and go male, male, female, female. Australia is going to lead off with Kaylee McEwen in the backstroke, backing up soon after her 200-meter wow. race. Yeah, tough backup for her. We'll strange, keep you posted. Choice. Yeah, we'll keep you posted as soon as we hear anything for the rugby league. But in the meantime, let's go to the dulcet tones of Basil, Liesel, and also the great man Thorpey. Here we go again. So good. First time at the Olympics, the mixed 4 by 100 medley relay. Take your mark. Kaylee McEwen, who at 20 years of age has won two Olympic gold medals, is now swimming against Ryan Murphy, who got the 100 and 200 double in Rio five years ago. He's in the water for the United States. Slow off the mark, Kathleen Dawson for Great Britain. They'll expect to come home. So it's Rylov for Russia, Ciccone of Italy, Zhu for China, Kathleen Dawson, Great Britain, Ryan Murphy for the United States. Big lead already. Australia's Kaylee McEwen out of the top three. The Netherlands with Tucson and Israel with Gorbenko. Kaylee McEwen there battling against Ryan Murphy's feet. Just the absolute wash coming off that. So swimming into it makes it so challenging. This is this is a swim where you actually might want to be next to the lane rope just so that you don't get quite as much wash of some of the, the, the bigger swimmers. And when I say bigger, bigger physically, uh, you know, the men that are swimming out there, that wash that Kaylee McEwen would have taken on in that first lap is a lot to deal with. So Australia turned in fifth spot, but now the roles are reversed. So it was man against woman for the United States and Australia. Now it's Zach Stubbledy Cook with a breaststroke against Lydia Jacoby, the 17-year-old. lost her goggles. Jacoby's lost her goggles on that. Um, that's going to affect her. He's up against... Zach Stubbledy Cook's also up against Adam Peaty, but that's going to affect the American result. So the Italians out in front, China second, Russia third. And they've all gone with the men first. And as a result, they've got a pretty big lead. And I think in this, Zach is doing a sensational job up against Adam Peaty to be able to stick it close to him at, at this early stage of the race. He's doing a great job. Good on you, Zach. So Tori Husks to get into the water for the United States and Matthew Temple for Australia. How much ground can he make up? What sort of a position can the Australians be in? It's Italy, China, Russia. We're expecting this gap will close now. So the three lead female, the three lead swimmers of females and the chasing pack males. The gap's going to close here. This is fascinating stuff. It is. And watching just, you know, using playing to the strengths of, of, of every nation around the world, of where their best swimmers are at, looking at the times, working out strategically how to do this. Um, you know, it would, it, would have, it would have taken the coaches months to work out how to swim this race. Matthew Temple's got so much work to do here because we know we've got Emma McKeon up against Caleb Dressel for the final leg. So he wants to be moving up, get her in a good position, get her in the water well ahead of the US. We're sitting back about five metres now, so we want to get that 10-metre gap if we possibly could. And if we compare to the Americans, we've also we've got to compare ourselves to the Brits as well. So that distance to make up for Emma McKean is significant. James Guy handed over to Anna Hopkin. It's Great Britain in front. 
this event being contested at the Olympics for the first time. Out she goes, Emma McKeon. How much ground can she make up on Anna Hopkin in front of her? And Caleb Dressel, he's the one coming in the middle lane. So the United States in lane five, Caleb Dressel, don't forget, he wants to keep his dream alive of winning six gold medals at the one games. Emma's coming. She's into third position at the moment. What a finish this is. Anna Hopkin in front. Pellegrini for Italy. Chasing his Dressel. The big American. Can he get there? Not sure that he can. It might be Great Britain. Hopkin hanging on. Yang of China. Australia pushing up. Maybe into the silver medal position. Look at this swim from Emma. A world record for Great Britain. China second. Bronze third. Emma McKeon. She's unbelievable. So with, with that swim for Emma McKeon, uh, she actually goes to double digits, doesn't she? Or she's she joins now. She joins you both. So Liesl Jones, nine Olympic medals. Ian Thorpe, nine Olympic medals. So we suspect it will be tomorrow she goes to 10. Uh, well done. Great Britain take it out. And uh, Adam Peaty, he's a colourful sort of character, isn't he? Yeah, I think sometimes people forget to remind him that he's a breaststroker. <laughs> he thinks he's, he dead so thinks he's in the 100 freestyle or something. What's going on? Oh, there it is, ladies and gentlemen, the dead set egg and spoon race of the swimming world. <laughs> yes. Oh, there you go. Saturday standouts, by the way. That's a beautiful segue into that. Brought to you by the powerful three-litre turbo diesel Isuzu D-Max. No matter the adventure, the Isuzu D-Max is born to live. And uh, speaking about power... Uh, as you said before, while the swim was on, it just goes to show you can't, in that race, finish off with the uh, the male swimmer. Yeah, so it's the first time we've seen it at Olympics. I think we've had it at one World Championships before. So coaches are still figuring out where to swim the men and where to swim the women. So America left Caleb Dressel to last, and he was just too far gone by then. So you've obviously got to have a couple of blokes up towards the front of the relay. Um Strange tactics, uh, a very strange race to watch given the lead changes. I mean, we never really saw Usain Bolt race Sally Pearson, did nah. we? Nor, nor did we ever really want to, in uh. my opinion. Um, but <laughs> there it is. It was. It, it's. It's a bit of a spectacle, I guess. But um, yeah, strange event. Uh, Jacoby, uh, the replays coming through here. He had, had a goggles completely off. Just about Cam Smith, the golfer, the Australian golfer, currently on the course three under for the round through seven holes. He's at seven under. Four shots behind uh, the clubhouse leader, Xander Schuffle. So uh, that is the state of play there. And just on Great Britain, um, what do you think of Great Britain? T to me, it's it's not a country. Like, what, why why aren't they England? And why aren't they Scotland. Wales and Scotland? Scotland. Why, why do they get to be Great Britain? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, in the swimming, it probably doesn't help them that much because uh, there's not much to pick from in, in the swimming world. But they are getting a lot stronger since the London Olympics. But for something like Rugby Sevens, it suddenly turns into the Great Britain Lions. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a different ball game. They're strong, aren't they? The yeah. same as the cycling. Their cycling team is awesome. Um, it's pretty weird. I, I, I don't personally understand it. I never have. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, coming up, we've got the Sharks versus Spain. Well, that's on now. That's live on now. Uh, the win secures a quarterfinal spot. The Hockey Roos. Uh, in fact, we've got a score there, boys. Keep an eye on the score when it you finish on it. It was 4-2 to Spain, but I think it's changed since then, mate. It's into the second quarter. 
Okay, second quarter. We'll keep you across that anyway. Hockey Roos are taking on the women, are taking on Argentina, who are still unbeaten. Barty and oh. Piers versus Djokovic and Jovanovic for the bronze medal match. Yeah, 7 3. 7 3 into the second quarter there. The Spains leading Australia in the water polo with the men's basketball coming up. The women's rugby, New Zealand takes on the winner of Great Britain or France. Speaking of which, men's basketball, the Group A match sees USA versus the Czech Republic. Matt Denny has qualified third for the men's discus final for the Australian. Uh, for the listeners on SEN Gold Coast and SEN Track Brisbane, thank you for joining us. You can carry on, by the way, as Trackside is coming up for you. However, you can listen on the app to Crunch Time. You head over to the SEN app is the way to do that. Paul Sirenen, the Missile, James Magnus, and I'm Joel Kane. A break and back for the next hour. Uh, yeah, we just had a good laugh. Sportsbet, very clever with uh, a lot of their gifts and things like that. Uh, they've tweeted out that mixed relay, and then there's a picture of Dr. Phil just completely freaking out. <laughs> uh, very, very funny. Very, very funny. That was good. I might give that a little push along as well. 0457 736 736 is a way to have your say. This is crunch time. The crunch. Thanks to Red Rooster, the new spicy wings. Feel the peppery tingle. Limited time, so get in fast. The Roosters calling. What about the news throughout the week, Ciro? Anthony Milford, he has signed with the Rabbitohs for 2022. What we do know, it won't be the million dollars he's getting a year currently at the Broncos, but he goes to the Broncos where Jason Demetrio is going to take over the reins for South Sydney when Wayne Bennett leaves. And he had coached Anthony Milford there. I think he was assistant coach when yeah. the Broncos went down in that grand final in 2015. And by the way, Milford could have easily won the Clive Churchill that day. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's, it's, it's probably... A- a depth signing for the, for the Rabbitohs, obviously losing you know, losing Renault up up to Brisbane. Yeah, so a direct swap we we're just just talking about in the break too. But uh, yeah, I, I would think yeah, he he might be on a quarter of the money that he was at, at the Broncos. He, he just needed a club somewhere just for an opportunity. So we we might see the best of Milford in uh, in twenty two just because he's, he's he's playing for his livelihood. You know, yeah, that that, that that tends to get blokes moving along a little bit. So have they re-signed Benji? Or not I'm, yet. I'm not sure, mate. No, no. So yeah, that, got, that, that sort of yeah. leaves some clues, doesn't it? But yeah, we spoke about see, see Blake Taft, Blake Taft, and there's uh, Ilias. young Ilias, yeah, yeah lucky Ilias coming through some, some, okay. some lower graders who are both earmarked as, as future NRL players and good players too. So I think yeah. they, they've made the call, you know, Renault being 30, 31, wherever he is, you know, it's, it's time for him to move on and the, the young opportunity for the young guys. But I, I guess Milford. At a bargain price, is a, it, it's a good good depth signing for the club too. Yeah, and probably a similar player to Cody Walker. So if Cody Walker misses through injury or origin, yeah. decent fill-in. He, he can run the footy a fair bit, Mil- Milford. Yeah, in his heyday, he's yeah. you know, absolutely dynamic because he's, he's deceptively strong for a little bloke too. Well, he, he was when he you know when he, in his prime, so he just needs to get that confidence back and, and start running the footy. The only thing is, Ciro, well, they're talking about, you know, he wants to play with Cody Walker, but... I, yeah. I feel like they're sort of one and the same in many ways. They're the yeah. running player. They're not really. Yeah, the... well, they're not organisers. You need a, yeah, like you need a, a, a bit of a general out there, yeah. a, a halfback, a game manager. Put it that way, who'll who'll get you around the park and control the side. And yeah, I, I don't think Milford or, or Cody are particularly those sorts of players. You know, they're off the cuff, yeah, off the cuff sort of spontaneous players. You know, I mean, they'll, they'll work around your structures, but then yeah. But those young guys I spoke about, they're they're probably more more game managers, so they're, they're that might be a little little um, showing his hand a bit, Dimitri. Yeah, Dimitri. By the way, on Milford in the Australian, he said he's hungry. He's not happy with the levels he's been at to produce over the past two seasons. What struck me most was that he was accountable for some of that as well. It wasn't all about pointing fingers. It was about he needs to be better and he wants to be. At the end of the day, there's an opportunity for him. There's a lot going on at the club he is at now, and that would affect any half. I think getting him at the club that is stable 
has a core group of really talented footballers and a simple role for him he can slot into will be massive for him and the club, he's basically saying there. So uh, there you go. Good news for you too, uh, James. Uh, James Magnus and Paul Siren in the house today. I'm Joel Kane. Uh, I understand there's a mixed relay in the men's. Uh, sorry, in the uh, in the running. Four the by, athletics. Four by 400, <laughs> Alex. Is that right? Four by 400. Yeah, it's on tonight. Wow. Ooh, that's a, that's yeah. a tough, tough I think race um, we've, we've got John Stephenson in, I believe, next <laughs> yes. week uh, for the SEN coverage of the Olympics. You watch him mirror my sentiment yeah. around that race. And any ex-athletes, it just... It, it doesn't have the same meaning to win a medal in that as it does in a, a, some of the other events. You can't tell me that Ariane Titmus's gold in the 400 yeah. tallies up the same for a country as that 4 by 100 mixed relay. Just something <laughs> not right there. No, no. Uh, I'll, I'll take a gold, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll stick it in the cabinet. Great, yeah. great Britain are more than happy to... Oh, yeah, the won't they? Yeah, They're all layering up like they do. It's just, oh, on. man. Yeah, bloody Adam Peaty, the breaststroke. <laughs> <laughs> You carry on like a Petey. Is that allowed? Yeah, you that might be the new say. Across, across, the, uh, across the coverage I've done this this Olympics with TV, radio and, and newspaper, I've turned the whole of Australia against breaststroke. And oh, yeah. I'm really happy about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll have no breaststrokers when it comes to Paris. What, what does it mean, by the way, for Paris? So we've got this young squad coming through. It's only three years away. Um, surely we're well, well placed for that. Yeah, really well placed. And, you know, I, I spoke about that extra 12 months and how it would have helped people like Kaylee McEwen and, and Ariane Titmus. I believe they'll just be unbackable favourites going into Paris. They're, they're improving um, and they've continued to improve at an Olympic Games when most people are just trying to kind of hang on to near their best times to, to, to get in those medals. They've exceeded expectations and what I think this will do for swimming is we've had uh, by the end of this we'll have had eight days of a captured audience in Australia all watching swimming all falling back in love with the sport that that was Australia's uh, number one sport for so long back in the heyday mm. I believe this is the shot in the arm that swimming needed um, and I really hope that the momentum continues uh, when these athletes get back the hard thing for someone like Ariane or Kaylee McEwen, right, they're going to be the most sought-after uh, athletes in the country. They come back to two weeks of lockdown, um, to, to two weeks of isolation, uh, straight off the back of the Olympics. So I just hope that these athletes can maintain some sort of momentum, get in the public spotlight, get in the media, um, and, and really pump the sport up leading into Paris. Because it is a quick turnaround, and I think most of us w would love to follow their journeys for the next three years and see them defend some of those Olympic titles. We spoke to Gian Rooney during the week, Fletch and I, and, and Gian said that she has not swum a lap in a pool since she retired. And I, I could understand that. Do you do you get out there and, I mean, you're clearly super fit. It looks like you could jump on the on the podium now and have a bit of a swim, but do you despise going in the pool now? No, I don't. I don't. I think swimming uh, spits out two different types of athletes at the end of their careers. There's the ones that potentially pushed it uh, that little bit too far and, and kind of retired out of necessity rather than want um, and, and didn't qualify for those back teams. Same as in rugby league, right? There's some players who retire on top. And there's some players who will slowly start to miss first grade and, and finish their career as a res reserve grade player. What, what that leaves you with is two different, uh, very different mentalities uh, around the sport and, and their position in it. So for me, um, you know, I retired um, at a time when I, I still enjoyed the sport. I still enjoyed what I was doing and, and now I have fond memories and I jump back in the pool every now and then during summer 
just to have a splash. Um, you know, I have no uh, no motivation to get back and race, but, uh, you know, I still love the water and it's still a part of who I am. So what are you doing there? Like, you are super fit still. So what, what do you generally do during a week? Uh, I, I work out at the gym. Um, I, I own a gym equipment yeah, company. Give, give it a plug. <laughs> yeah, so I own a gym equipment company called Habitual Equipment. Um, so as the face of that, uh, I kind of have to stay in shape a yeah. little bit. Um, but lockdown for us has been massive because every man and his dog wants a, a home gym now. Um, so it's it's been it's been really good for us. Um, but we also do commercial gyms and stuff like that. So yeah, mostly just weights. Uh, training for the SAS TV show, kind of oh, yeah. yeah. That that kind of made me switch up my training and change my body shape a little bit. Um, I was very upper body dominant before that, and I needed to. Uh, for that show, do long pack marches and walks and stuff like that. So I started running and doing a lot of leg weights and that type of thing. So I just, I, I love varying things up now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's For me, it's exciting to be able to exercise outside of my profession. So who, who did you leave that show most close to? Um, probably two blokes. So Merrick Watts, the comedian, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he made it right to the end uh, uh, along with me. And, and we, you know, bonded a, a lot throughout that. He was like, the father figure of the group, um, and then Shannon Ponton. Oh yeah, the biggest loser coach. So I've I've kept in contact with Shannon. I still catch up with him pretty regularly. Um, just two really knockabout blokes. Um, you know, we had all three of us had the sort of similar upbringings and similar mentality, um, and, and I, I really got along with them. Um, there was a few different characters on the show. Some of those blokes from the entertainment world. We're a little, oh, yeah. they, they tick a little bit differently, those creative guys. <laughs> we all cover the same, mate. Yeah, that's right. That's that's but um, yeah, no, that was a great experience. Yeah. So, so your upbringing, so Port Macquarie, did, did you stay there for your entire upbringing? Yeah, so I stayed there until I finished school. Um, obviously, my mum being a teacher, she actually taught me in year 12 for modern history. Did she? So she was very keen on me finishing school and, and uh, you know, coming down to Sydney after school, not not before um, so when I finished school, I moved to Sydney um, to swim. Um, I started university. That didn't really continue once the swimming took off. But, yeah, I think a childhood in Port Macquarie is oh, such a great oh, thing. Like, it's just the best the world, place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to get back up there one day. But, um, you know, most work opportunities and stuff like that are here in the big smoke. But were you sort of from the get-go making state and all those sorts of things? or Not really. Yeah, not really. And I think the hard thing in Port Macquarie was that the swimming pool was closed between sort of April and uh, September, October. Oh, winter, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I only swam sort of five months a year. Um, and then in, in winter, I'd play football. Um, so regardless what, of... What number on your back? So finished finished at number 12. Oh, um, yeah. Started sort of in the backs, got a little bit slower. Uh, respect, and mate. then uh, respect, yeah. <laughs> get out of the backs. Yeah, <laughs> then, then moved up into the forwards. But um, yeah, at, at a young age, um, I, I was never a prodigious talent. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I was sort of 16, 17, 18 that I started to progress through through the ranks a bit more. And you blitz modern history. It was my worst mark in the HSC. Oh, oh, no. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, Mum, what have you done? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, she'll be cringing listening oh, to that. But uh, <laughs> probably similarly to Joel, it yeah. probably English was his worst. <laughs> yeah. I actually do think, I wish I had a paid um, or, or worked harder at English for our particular vocation now. But anyway, uh, there you go. And, and I have never in my time found another town that has more roundabouts than Port Macquarie. You are greeted by a roundabout every 50 metres, aren't you? Uh, yeah, there's roundabouts everywhere and so many um, retired people move to town and don't really understand the concept of a roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Have you say, by the way, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy uh, text messages coming through. These power-drunk Queensland government officials are literally insane. QFL players at Southport dragged off the field 10 minutes into a game, yet racing six kilometres away at Bundle. Seven people infected in all of Queensland... Five of them are in one house in Brisbane. One other had been on the Gold Coast and one other uh, is from Sunshine Coast, Budurum. So 11 local government areas are shut down, including all of Gold Coast and all of Sunshine Coast. Who sent Cheers. that in? Was that Bondi Jack? Paul, Paul from East Ride. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm with you, champion. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, what did you make of the Craig Bellamy re-signing, Ciro? Oh, well, I think it was a bit, you know... A fait accompli, but yeah, yeah, yeah. What, was it? Is it five years? Or what a great it, contract! As, as long as he wants, or five years, and he said, "Boys, I'll, I'll be coaching basically until I don't want to." And I'll... He, he, well, he doesn't need the coin, does no. he? Really, I, I, don't, I don't know what Craig does outside of coaching. He's just mm. a career coach. He yeah. just loves coaching and love loves being around rugby league and rugby league players. But uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice. I wouldn't mind. Half his coin he's going to be on the next five yeah. years. But I heard on yeah. NRL 360, 1.5, 1.6. Yeah, that'd be right. I think yeah. he's on about two now. But if you stretch it out over five years, not guaranteed to coach the whole time. Oh, that'd man. Be... But his record, his record of the last 20 years is, you know, oh. it's just, it's up there, isn't it? It's it, you know, it's a it's a benchmark for all NRL coaches. So yeah. that's, that's why. So, but, uh, and, and on the back of that too, I think uh, young Paps is I was pretty waiting to see what he does too, and mm. he's he's re-signed too, recommitted to the club too. Pat yeah, he said, so yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he's a he's a great talent too. So three-year extension with the Storm, so that's that's a, so their spine is looked locked and loaded. There's no doubt about that, and the fact that they've let Fanukin go suggests, and, and Bellamy almost was almost an agent for him, really pumping him up. There was so mm, yeah. much interest for Dale Fanukin, and look, don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic signing for the Sharks. You know, all boats rise with the tide, and they're, they're going to improve. However, four years—that sort of money, zero. It's I, I, yeah, and and he he, he was fantastic around the or, Origin squad too. And, and I think I said to you guys a couple of weeks ago, just his his level of professionalism. You know, his his, his attention to detail. Share with Jimmy just, the warm up in the game yeah, he wasn't playing. So so, so, so he, he was twentieth man for game two. Yeah. So you would not normally have have. have, have play number 20 strip and warm up for a game yeah but because of how his intensity he trains with he just he's just 100 miles an hour all the time um freddie and freddie and bedsy and, and pitsy said mate strip strip and warm up for the game just because he's you know he, he's, he's that good he's yeah. that good he's that intense before a game yeah he's that professional so he you know he had, had him ready to go for, as, for game two so as um, a bulldogs fan i remember there was a point where a number of contracts uh, came up for yes. a renewal and stuff mm. And we re-signed the likes of Sam Cassiano yeah. and let a young Dale Finucane go down to Melbourne. I mean, some of those decisions you look back at, um, oh, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it hurts. Well, I, I remember Dale and, and, and Josh Jackson coming through in the 20s competition yep. probably yep. 10, well, 10 years ago it would have been. And you could just see both of those guys are going to be NRL players long. You know. mm. but, both uh, country boys as well. Yeah, well, he, he, he never it, – it's funny because Dale told, told a story during camp that he, he – um, so I think he's played in what five, five or seven grand finals, won five premierships or something in the yeah. last. It's it's a 
fantastic record, but at, at seventeen, at seventeen, um, he missed all the all, all the rep sides. All the, he, he missed out on. He trialed at Canberra for an uh, SG ball and never got picked. Wow! So just you know, he just went back and worked on his game and worked on the basics. And it just goes to show you that you know you you, you said yourself, mate. You know, you don't necessarily at sixteen, seventeen, you're a superstar. You, that doesn't equate to being you know five years later, but, but being that way too, and, and vice versa. If you're not, if you're a little bit off the pace. You know, we all mature at different levels and, and we understand what we were to do at, at different times and you mature and there at, you go. At um, Cronulla, so they signed Cam McGuinness telling him that oh. he'd play 13. Yeah. yeah. So does Finucane slot into the front row? Like, he's not a huge body no, no. to be oh, running I, back off kickoffs. He did a few in origin. I was just oh. sort of, oh, man. Like he, <laughs> what, what would similar. he be, 100 well, kilos? Dale, if that? Dale would be probably 102, something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah by, by front row of standard, he's, he's not big at all. but. No. Him, him and Cam McKinnis are very, very similar. Like, like Cam's a true professional too, and he's he's real intense with his training and he's he's meticulous with preparation too. So I mean, Fitzy's got two of them now. That'll be great, great role models for the younger players in, in, in the club. But yeah, he's got a he's got to carry two and seventeen every week. Though. I kind of thought that guys. in the halves as well. They signed Nico Hines to play six, and then re-signed Moylan. And now they've done it with two thirteens. Uh, I mean, it's great depth to add to their squad, but you kind of start to think, how does that take the field next year? Like, yeah. do you put Moylan at seven, similar-ish type player to Nico Hines, and I guess now you'll have uh, Finucane and Toby Rudolph at prop, similar type players, yeah. and then McInnes at lock. That I don't know. So it's just sometimes it feels like teams sign the talent that's available rather than the talent that they need to slot into positions. All, all targeted, that's right. Yeah. yeah. If, if you, you go for the... Oh, it's probably Tigers get linked. Every player off contract can, yeah. get, <laughs> can, can get linked to a Tiger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't they, honestly. Oh, they are a whipping boy for, yeah, for for player managers. They just say, oh, the Tigers have offered them X, Y, Z. They just go to a club and say, well, the Tigers have offered this. Yeah. You match yeah, that. Yeah, little, yeah. So yep. that's... Yeah, yeah. They, which is which is not fair at all. So. Uh, Curtis Scott, of course, uh, he yeah. he was linked to the West Tigers yeah. there. I don't know where that's at at the moment. I think it's gone cold, and particularly now the West Tigers are probably out of the running. It's, it doesn't make any sense to invite another player outside the group into the club. Uh, Fanukin made under seventeens for the Southern Stingrays. Uh, my <laughs> mate was the coach. Who were the Southern Stingrays? <laughs> well, hello, there you go. Yeah, that's exactly right. Are you with me? Ostag. Yes. Ostag team. That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> I, tell, I tell you, a late bloomer, you would know this story probably, Ciro. Uh, Jimmy, you may not. But I, I wore the same jersey as you as the Port Macquarie Sharks. Yeah. And you played teams like Wingham and you played teams yep. like Foster and yep. and uh, Tari United and Tari Red Rovers and those sorts of teams. So we used to play against Tari Red Rovers and, and they would beat us in the grand final typically. And they had three players who were just guns and you knew their name. And, and anyway, none of them sort of players kicked on. They played lower grades at the Knights and whatever else. But myself... And one of their players who wasn't in their top three were invited down to trial for the St. George Dragons before they become St. George Illawarra Dragons. So we've trialed and I've desperately wanted this, right? And my mate desperately wants it because he supports the Dragons, right? But I'm in, I'm ahead of him in under 16. So I'm not really concerned of him. I've just got to go and do my bit. Pressure got to me. Didn't play very well at all. He's gone out there, guns blazing, carved up. Best player in the open trial. As I'm leaving Cogra. I get this call almost immediately by Peter O'Sullivan, who's the doyen of recruitment now over there at the Warriors. Warriors yeah, he signed yeah. Inglis and all these great Melbourne Storm players. 
He said, mate, we'd love to offer you a two-year deal. And I was so relieved, you know. So I packed up from Port Macquarie and I've moved out and lived with a family who lived near the club. And I was so relieved that I mucked up my opportunity. I got there. First day of training in November, they've rolled out the red carpet and they're just so up and about for me. And, you know, I can't really, I'm, I'm taking it on board, but not really getting it. This starts to dwindle over time. And I'm actually living with Peter O'Sullivan out at Rudy Hill, right? So I'd get in his, he was driving a truck at the time. We'd finish training. We'd have these long chats in this, this uh, truck on the way home. And he said, mate, uh, this is after about two months. He said, are you feeling homesick? I said, no, 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 I'm loving this, Pete. He goes, well, I know you're missing your girlfriend. I said, no, no, it's all right. It's, it's all gone. I'm, I'm loving this. So he says, um, mate, we have to have a chat tonight because you're actually very close to being sent home. And I said, really? And... He says, we've got to go through this video. So we have dinner and all I'm thinking about, we had beef stroganoff, I'll never forget it. And all I'm thinking about is this bloody video. The dreaded beef stroganoff. <laughs> yeah, that's never good. Go the, last su- the last summer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm having the beef stroganoff and he sits me down, he presses play on the tape, right? And he, he's watching this game and he says, look, what do you make of that run? I said, oh, it's a great run, obviously. He said, what about this passing, great defence, you know, the defence, great defence. He says, how do I get you back to doing that? You sure you're not homesick? I said, no, no, I'm not homesick. He said, well, how do I get you back to doing that? I said, get me back to doing that. He said, yeah. I said, mate, you've just shown me half an hour of tape from a mate from Taree. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what? <laughs> I said, you've just shown half an hour of tape from my little mate from Taree. He said, well, that's who we're supposed to sign. Oh, right? man. The kid who only wanted to play for the Dragons, right? <laughs> he said, well, who's that? And as it turns out, it was SG Ball round one we took on the Newcastle Knights, and he went back and had a last-minute trial with the Newcastle Knights, Danny Badiris. Oh, mm. wow. I thought that might Andy. have been coming. Yeah. I thought that might have been coming. Yeah, Danny Steel Badiris. City. Yeah, Steel City. Steel City. He's got, uh, got the little, little interest in Has that Has he got too? an interest in that too yeah. with the Johns boys? There's, there's a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Gidley and yeah. Yeah, the, the, the beer connoisseurs, the beer oh, barons of Newcastle. But, yeah, I've heard that story. It's a good, yeah. great story. True story. Yeah. That is hilarious. Pe- Peter O'Sullivan tries as a night, says it was the late Maxine Innes and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But, uh, so did you keep your contract? Yeah. They didn't send you home. No, th- what happened then is he said, because Danny Badiris back in those days was a 5'8". He wasn't a dummy mm. half. Ah, okay. I was going right? to say, were you playing hooker? No, no. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he said, um, well, mate, how, how do we do so? I said, well, for starters, you're playing me out of position. He said, um, where do you not? I said, I like playing fullback. And he goes, well, put me back to fullback the next week and it saved me career. Wow. So that was that was the case. I wasn't much <laughs> of a ball player. Anyway, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is a way to have your say. Well, I reckon I played Bedsy. Bedsy might, may have debuted against. It was my last. Oh, yes. It could have been my... 97. My second or... Third, it was 97 or 98. It was... What are they? Uh, 90, was it he, he might have... Uh, it might have been 98. Yeah. 98 Bedsy, out. yeah, because um, I, I reckon I... Pl- could have been my second last game in the in, in, at Balmain, second or third last game in the it, it pissed down rain at Leichhardt, not for the first or last time. And, and we played the Knights, and I, I remember Joe was yahooing and carrying on, and but he, he played fullback. He might have played fullback or oh, something yeah. like Bedsy. Yeah, there we go. go. Yeah. Uh, Thirty points to sixteen. Yeah. Thirty points to sixteen. The Knights defeated the Balmain yeah. Tigers. Yeah. Was it ninety-seven or ninety-eight? <laughs> it was the August 16, 1998. It was. It was one of my last games. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he debuted. Yeah. And do you remember your goal kicker that day? Oh, this would be a good one. Was it Harry Basari? Lee, Lee Hennessy. Oh, Leap and Lee Hennessy. Leap and Lee <laughs> Hennessy. Lalo <laughs> <laughs> and Milford two tries. Did he? Mark O'Neill oh. got a meaty. Uh-huh. Neil Piccinelli got two. Oh. Neil Piccinelli, you figured he went to the Knights. He got a couple. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's Spaghetti Brothers from yeah. Illawarra. Yeah. 
Tony Butterfield. Schifoletti and Pizzanelli. Joey, yeah. Jason Moody, Peter Shields. And uh, number one for the Knights? Was Dee Badiris. Danny Badiris. Yeah, that's right. Number oh, one. Yeah. 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 yeah, right. Yeah, they got confused with me. They were watching this bloke mm. from Port Macquarie playing yeah. football. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened there. Anyway, there you go. So that's uh, 1998. Was he, was he quick at nine? I remember him being that Benzie, quick. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, he wasn't a beach spread champion like Daniel <laughs> Cook, but he, he's, he's got reasonable speed. Pretty quick. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. There you go. I bumped, I bumped Bedsy in, uh, in Vegas. Did you? Yeah, oh. lovely bloke. Champion. Actually, the other bloke I spent a bit of time with in Vegas was uh, Curtis Sirenen. Oh. Yeah, bumped him at a pool party wow. at uh, the Wet Republic in Las Vegas. Him Is and that... a few of the Tigers boys. That's so, right. They were young fellas. There you small, go. Small world. Very, yeah. very small We've been not going into too much detail here. Jimmy, I watch. We'll talk about it after. They were very reserved, those footy boys. Bump a crowd that day too, yeah. by the way, yeah. Zero. It was uh, uh, 4,800. would have been 1,000 people. Yeah. If they were like, it could have been Barnsley. They've bumped that up. Oh, yeah. 100%, mate. It... It had flogged down rain for about three weeks. It was a mud mud pile at Leichhardt. Yeah, because it uh, didn't improve from my last game, too, a couple of weeks later. But anyway, anyway, great memories. The show goes on. Uh, Olympics update, by the way, thanks to Habitual Equipment. That's the way to do that. <laughs> habitual Equipment. Polo, the water polo update. The Sharks are down 14-5, just under five minutes remaining in that one in the fourth quarter. Halftime, the Hockey Roos nil all versus the Lionesses in the Argentina Brigade there. This is crunch time. Paul Sirenen, the missile, James Magnus, and I'm Joel Kane. A break and back with more. It is flying, boys, this hour. A break and back with more. Paul Sirenen in the house. James, the missile, Magnus, and likewise. Uh, yeah, Jimmy, you're a Bulldogs fan, right? I'm a big Bulldogs fan. I was actually going to wear my Terry Lamb shirt in today, oh. Ciro, just for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't come back with that one. <laughs> I, I won't come back. No, I so what, what, what Ciro was going to reply with, what he said in the break was we'll that him the he, layup. he was going to uh, turn up with his Nathan Adrian swimming cap. There you go. <laughs> Who, of course, uh, 0.01, I can't believe it. Just on that, Jimmy, and I'm sure you've been asked this before. Yeah. When you go down 0.01, and, and look, Ciro, same could be said for the, the 89 grand final. There's so many what ifs, you know, mm. if this had to happen, the, the Benny crossbar, et cetera. But is there... Is there any part of that race or the lead-up or that, that just bugs you? None of the race. And I think, you know, I don't remember heaps of the race, but I just remember thinking when I touched the wall before I knew the result that I'd, I'd had a good race, yes. that I, I'd swum well. Um, and I think as an athlete, in terms of being able to live with yourself and, and not dwell on it too much, it's a very intrinsic thing knowing that you've done everything you, that you could. Yes. Um, and I don't look back on that race and say, I stuffed this up, I missed this, I did this wrong. Um, for mine, the thing that, uh, you know, I th the, the place I think I lost the race or that, that I think I didn't excel in that I had previously was the lead up, uh, probably the week leading into the Olympics. I, I got more nervous than I had before and I kind of felt the pressure and ex expectation more than I had before. And what that did, it, it, it just, uh, it, 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 I wasn't sleeping well. And it just started to have this little bit of a snowball effect where I started thinking like, well, what if I don't win? Or what if something happens? And just started questioning myself yeah, a little bit. you never had that before. I'd never done that before. Um, going into the World Championships a year before, I was so confident that I was going to win that race that I, I didn't even think about any repercussions of anything other than, than gold. And and when I look back on it, that's the thing that, that um, irks me a little bit is that w why did you doubt yourself why did you question yourself and it's it's funny because as a as an older athlete as a mature athlete you get your mindset so down pat 
that you, you you know if you had the body you had when you were younger you could run through walls so it's I think it's and I've spoken to a lot of athletes about this and it's a very common theme and Ciro can probably back me up when you're younger you got all the physicality you got all the testosterone all the physical attributes to absolutely conquer the world but you don't necessarily have the mindset the hardened mindset mm. to come out there and perform um, at any time by the time you get to the end of your career you're so hardened mentally you can do anything but your body probably isn't where it used to be. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a really interesting mix. I don't know if you... I think it's across all sports, mate. I think you've, you've hit it on the head, you know. I, I, I know myself when I was a young footballer starting out, I, I had doubts over my ability and yeah. I, I questioned my, you know, being a part of the team and and, like, and physically, I, you know, I could handle it, yeah. yeah. But... Um, yeah, it, it, it probably took me took me eighteen months to settle in and think I'm I, I need I'm, I deserve to be here and I'm, I'm part of this you know part of this team and I, I can hold my own spot and that sort of thing and it's it's it's, it's a strange thing but uh, and, and I, I guess you know you we all have all have doubts over different things that's why we have sports psychologists yeah. now and all those, those different people who get inside our heads you know across all sports but I, I was going to say to you James you, you're you're the swing fraternity are, are you still close with any of you? Great rivals, you're international rivals. I mean, there's obviously your teammates and the, the Olympic team you'd you be mates with, but is there anyone that you're particularly close with? Any any rivals? Not particularly. Or, so no, I used no. to have this thing where I, I didn't want to be super friendly with the guys that I was going out and trying to beat. Yeah. I, you know, I, I like to be not combative, but when I stand on the blocks, I don't have the well wishes of my fellow competitors in mind. I want to crush them. Yeah. And uh, it's something that I've seen change. Potentially, I think they're doing some international swimming leagues and stuff now. And, and some of the swimmers are becoming more friendly and, and stuff like that. And you see it in the rugby league as well, well right? You do. Yeah. They're, they're all buddy buddy. Yeah. yeah. But that for, for me, for me to switch on mentally and for me to be in the mindset to win, I, I wanted to hate the person yeah. in the lane next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't remained particularly close. Probably the, some of the, the, the swimmers that I have kept in contact with, uh, some from France and, and Italy, some of those places weren't necessarily my top competitors. They may have been in the final, but I, I didn't feel threatened by them um, in terms of the, uh, you know winning golds or things like that. But the, the ones that were my direct competitors, um, I wouldn't really talk too much before the race or, you know, um, give them the time of day because I, I, I wanted to hate them. And, and my fear was if I get chatting to these guys and they're really good blokes, um, it, it'll be hard for me to get in that mindset to want to, to, to smash them in the pool. I, we were chatting about this with my wife this morning and the kids, the four kids, about that very thing about do they grow up, you know, because one of the kids said, Mum, why aren't you mates with all the people you used to run with? You know, and they go away on these things. And so my wife went to the Olympic trials ahead of 2000. Had the Toyota sponsorship, Sprinter, uh, all those sorts of things, where she would beat Yana Pittman, and Yana Pittman then took up hurdles mm, because yeah. Kobe would always win the the running, a- and she ultimately threw it away because this guy was stalking her, uh, turning up just absolutely obsessed with her, mm. went to jail. It's a long, long story, but, wow. but so she just bailed completely out of the sport. Anyway, um, but she spoke about that very fact where you know she said, well, in many ways you've got to be so selfish at the time. Mm. To, to go as far as you can, and you don't really want to have a great regard for those you're competing against. And, yeah. and so what you just said completely resonates with her story, you know, and yeah. um, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and the, probably the hardest part is uh, as swimmers. So, you know, in Australia, we have really tough competition just to qualify for the Olympic Games. So we step up on the blocks at an Australian Olympic trials, eight swimmers, and of those eight swimmers in the 100 freestyle 
<clears throat> all of them would probably be in the top 30 in the world. So already really competitive. So you've got to beat those uh, other eight swimmers to, to get your spot on the team. Then we, from that, we pick a relay team and we go away and become teammates. So we spend half the year hating each other yeah. and wanting to beat each other. Then you've got to step up on the blocks and try and be matey-matey and we're doing this together for Australia. And I've been a part of relay teams where it, it, there's, it's been really good and everyone's got along really well. But I've also been a part of relay teams where people haven't liked each other. Mm. And it, it often reflects uh, in the outcome um, of the relay. It can just be a little thing like these people don't like each other, therefore they're not willing to go that extra mile in the pool. So it's, it's a, a really weird dynamic on a swimming team. And like I mentioned earlier, even on this swimming team now, You've got people jostling for sponsors and funding and all sorts of stuff. So whilst we compete as a team, it is very individual and you get reminded of that, um, you know, regularly. I hope you've got uh, a lot of this feedback personally because we, we have been inundated. Fletch and I on the shows as well. Uh, AP writes the missile. He's won me. What a great commentator and speaker, which you are. Do you do much speaking? Um Oh, bits and pieces. I think it probably comes in and out of vogue with, with swimming as to what's going on at the time. Um, you know, this time of year, people are um, back in love with the sport and want swimmers speaking at different events. And then sometimes it's a little bit quieter. But uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's Vondula. Something. Something for the battles. I reckon you'd have a fascinating yeah, story, yeah. Jane. <laughs> Just on the doggies, what do you make of the signings? Do you like where they're hitting? Yeah, I'm really excited for next year. You know, I was really excited coming into this season with a few big signings. It hasn't panned out and probably just starting to see the last month or so, Trent Barrett's influence over their attack starting to show up a little bit. They're starting to score a few more points, starting to look a bit freer with the ball. The lineup that they named this week, um, it's taken us till you know, whatever we are, around 20 or something to get there. But I think this is the lineup, with, which is Flanagan at halfback, Avarillo at 5'8", Corey Allen at fullback. We bought Corey Allen as a Queensland State of Origin player, and he's kind of been in and out of the side, which surprised me. And we bought Flanagan as a long-term halfback, but then have been willing to play him in reserve grade quite a bit. And I, I don't think the form of the Bulldogs is a reflection on Flanagan directly. No. You know, it's no. hard to play halfback when your forwards are getting dominated every game. So... Um, this week I'll be interested to see how they go. But for next season, really excited with the signings. Um, TPJ adds a lot of grunt up front. Tavita Pengai. Um, Thompson's just started coming into Mate, his own. Good, so wasn't he good the other oh, week? Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're an opposition forward pack and you look up and you've got Thompson, Hetherington and Pengai Jr. to run at, it's it's a pretty intimidating thing. Paul that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Duffy, yeah. Both on a one-year contract. Yeah. Smart. That's smart okay. signing, isn't it? Yeah, and and they would have got all three of those at, at, at bargain prices, yeah. you have to think, compared to what they're worth. So starting to, to build a nice squad, I think the only place we're lacking, you know, we've got Burton in the halves now, Dufty at fullback. We're really lucky, lacking at dummy half. Um, and I keep looking at, at who's off contract. There's just... It's not much doing there. Um, yeah. It's no wonder someone like Brendan Smith's talking a huge contract because there's not much doing throughout the comp at, at that dummy half position. Well, the, and the, the sport for riches, Harry Grant too. Harry Grant off the bench. You got yeah, you know Smith and and Harry Grant down there in Melbourne. Mm. They're, they're probably the best two. Uh, oh, absolutely. With, with Cookie, best two, best three nines in the in the game. So. Yeah, but uh, and, and saying that, you know, Marshall King, you know, he, he he punches above his weight, uh, Jeremy. You know, he's a mm. he's probably not your long term 
fixed for your nine mm. if, if you're going to win a premiership. But he'll he'll do a job for him for you know in and out of in and out of first grade. So he's the fastest dummy half in the comp. Clocked Jeremy. Uh, yeah, Jeremy yeah, Marshall yeah, King. Yeah. I tell you what's not so fast. This uh, the hundred meter heat here mm. won by the Zimbabwean, but a time of ten thirty two, and he's won very very comfortably. Uh, this heat's not going to be featuring anywhere. Uh, I wouldn't have thought in the <laughs> final. He, he's won easily each, in a time of 10.32. Each heat, you get the first two automatic qualifiers through. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they go through the rounds. I think they do quarterfinals in the 100. There's quite a few oh, rounds yeah, to go yeah. through. What was, what was your best 100 metre at your peak? Uh, actually, I, I wouldn't even know. I would have been around the 11 mark, I suppose. Yep. That's pretty best. quick. Yeah. I heard um, Denon Kemp saying on um, his podcast the other day, it was down around like a 10... Ten high? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have yeah. been tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was a junior athletics champion. But uh, you'd have to think the Fox could feature in some of these early heats, right? Yeah, it yeah. Could yeah, it could. <laughs> well, it could. Well, Brooksy, Brooksy was a uh, yeah. Luke was a was a primary not, school. Not Nathan Brooks, our producer. No, no, no. <laughs> he, he's quick between the ears. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. But Luke Brooks was a he was a state champion under was he? under twelves hundred really yeah. was he really yeah, he can run Brooksy yeah, yeah he, he got he got in the he's clear the other night speed. against the Warriors and yeah. went the length mate he, he he's quick he's quick Luke wow he's, uh, yeah but um no I I love athletics too you know, you know what he yeah. should have done there Brooksy like it was very clear that he, the ball hits his hand should have got tackled tackled a meter out yeah. score yeah. the next play that, that's yeah. I mean it's easy for us to say here that's you know. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's it. Exactly right. Olympics update. Thanks to Habitual Equipment. Habitual Equipment. What's the best way to go and check that out on the website? Or yeah, online. Google Habitual Equipment. We're all over the socials and stuff. We're actually doing a big Olympic giveaway at the moment—a four thousand dollar prize. Wow! You can enter for free online, and we're going to draw the en- the the winner at the end of the Olympics. So beautiful. If anyone wants to win a full home gym. Yeah, it's beautiful. The place to go. Have you got two kilo dumbbells? Uh, just, I'm going to do a little bit myself, mate. I, I, so do I. I. I got a comment the other day. So they film it in here, and um, I wasn't in the greatest posture at the time, which is probably not going to help me, but this bloke says, uh, nice bristles. Hey, look at the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, so. Uh, hello. Uh, tough school. Uh, there you go. It's, uh, tough school, mate. It's, yeah. it's gym equipment or a bra, perhaps. Anyway, uh, water polo, the Sharks went down. Uh, so this is our Olympic update, by the way, thanks to habitual equipment. The water polo Sharks went down 16-5 to Spain. So is that all she wrote, Ciro? I, th- I, th- I think, yeah, the top four from each pool go through, mate. So I think the the sharks are unfortunately, and they'll they'll beat Kazakhstan last game. But right, yeah, I, I think they'll lose them in a precarious position. So what's the go, uh, Jimmy? Like once you finish, you, you can't you can't get out there and mingle in Japan. You're basically no. straight home, aren't you? Yeah. So the swimmers will be getting sent home the next day. Yeah, really. They'll be straight on the plane back to Australia, straight into quarantine. All of them. Will they have um, a little goodbye party? And no, no, none. No, no. I've even spoken to some media over there who are saying um, they won't allow any alcohol in the media village. Wow. Yeah, super strict over there for this one. Um, I think because a lot of the rhetoric is around that the Japanese public aren't allowed out and to drink and stuff like that. So if it's if they can't do it, then no one can. Um, so it's a very different experience for the Olympians. I, I feel really sorry for some of these first-timers. Oh, yeah. I just hope they get a second crack and get to experience what Olympics is really like. You imagine Paris will do a pretty good oh, job. Yeah. You imagine that Ooh second week. <laughs> 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 I might be over there. We both played over there. We might have to head over there. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's get an SEM team to Paris. Yeah. Yeah. A chateau over there. <laughs> <laughs> But Bailey will be in his third year of water polo by then, won't he? Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
one of Curtis down the Catalan Dragons or yeah. something. Yeah, he's, he's got the lungs. Play. Fifty-three tackles uh, last oh, night. Bailey did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he can. He worked hard last night, mate. So he's he's feeling it today. He said a little bit sore, sore and sorry the the shoulders. So. Yeah, we'll keep you posted, by the way, on what happens for the rest of round 20. So we're still waiting on the news, but we're going to keep broadcasting through to 6pm anyway. Brett Finch, Timmy Manor, uh, as um, as uh, Finchy likes to say, the angel and the devil together. So. <laughs> and, and they're both in black out there too. Yeah. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. Uh, the Finchman and Timmy Manor, uh, that was your Olympic update, all thanks to habitual equipment. Oh, just, just on that and, and the movement from... You know, it was supposed to be on last year. And you spare a thought for that American pole vaulter where, you know, you're going to want to win the gold at the Olympics. He was a champion. He, he got the bronze at the last Olympics at Rio. So he wants to, you know, go over the top of that with the gold. No, the Olympics gets pushed back a year. That's okay. He's still on track. He gets on the flight, goes to Tokyo. He's there. He's in the village. He's ready to go. COVID test. Oh, man. That's, yeah, it's, it's really disappointing. It's... Normally, it probably would have taken more of a shine off these games than it has here in Australia because we're in lockdown and we're consuming it like we are. It seems it seems to be normal for us, but really weird Olympics for all these athletes. And I even heard some of the swimmers, you know, I was talking to them via social media and stuff, and they said, we're not going to believe this thing's going ahead until we get up on those no. blocks. Because mm. right up until the opening ceremony, you thought, ah, this is looking unlikely. What a weird preparation. You spend five years preparing for this Games for the pinnacle of your sport and up until the time you race, you're thinking, will I, won't I, is it on, is it off? It's, oh man, I, I really do feel for them because it's a, a very strange experience. For every Sam Kendricks, who was that pole vaulter, by the way, for America, thank you, Brooksy, there is people who have absolutely benefited from it being sent back. So I don't believe we'd be talking about Ariane Titmus. No. Uh, we wouldn't be talking about Cole Chalmers if it had happened 12 months ago. Is that the case? Yeah, so Kyle's had a few little niggles and stuff that he's been getting over. So for the Australian swim team, it's worked out incredibly advantageous. And then probably one of the things for, uh, I, I can't speak for all sports, but certainly for swimming is there was measures put in place so these athletes could keep training through that period. A lot of them went up to Cairns, Townsville, places where they could keep training. So some countries were fully locked down and had no access to training anywhere. So, you know, we did a really good job in Australia at times of allowing these athletes to keep training through lockdowns and stuff like that. So, you know, I think we've really seen the benefits of that, particularly on the medal tally for, for the swim team. I was thinking, Ciro, too, like, isn't there an opportunity for, say, the swimming team to all turn up to a resort, book that out, whatever the case may be, and just isolate all there together and have, is that, that the type of thing that could happen? Yeah, so they did do that. Uh, so we had the Olympic trials uh, start of June and then they took the whole team that got selected straight up to uh, Townsville and locked them away in a, a resort, you know, like they're doing with the rugby league and they just trained right through to the Olympics. So they weren't exposed to, um, you know, any outside people and, and they were sort of in that environment. So it was pretty advantageous. But what about coming back? Can they Can they do that and have a bit of a party within isolating together or is it? Nothing on offer. Nah. Nothing on offer. Fourteen days on the fizz. What about what the <laughs> yeah the, the IPL players did? The cricket players went to the Maldives. Maldives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. them, like, come on, send Kaylee McEwen to the Maldives. She's earned it. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Seriously. Uh, anyway, so that is the Olympic update. Thanks to habitual equipment. Other news too. That makes three medals in the pool: a gold, a silver, a bronze. And in the women's two hundred back, uh, Kaylee McEwen gold, Emily Seabom a bronze. In the women's 1500, Ariane Titmus, a silver behind Ledecky, who gets the job done again. Uh, this is crunch time. The Australian medal tally, 10 gold, 3 silver, 
12 bronze. Fifth time we've hit double figures, by the way, as far as the gold is concerned. Australia's most gold medal since our 14 in Beijing in 2008. I know we're guaranteed one in the sailing on Sunday, so maybe we can go past the 14 in Beijing. Maybe the Matildas could go all the way. Who's to know that? Uh, anyway, this is Crunch Time. Thanks to Isuzu and Red Rooster. Thanks to Red Rooster's new spicy wings. Feel the peppery tingle. Limited time, so get in fast. The Rooster's calling Paul Siren and James Missile Magnuson, and I'm Joel Kane. I'll break it back with more. Uh, crunch time, thanks to Isuzu and Red Rooster. Thanks to Red Rooster's new spicy wings. Feel the peppery tingle. Limited time, so get in fast. The Rooster's calling. Now time to gear up. Thanks to Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. Always stay relaxed and hydrated wherever your adventure takes you with Dometic's rugged drinkware. So just a little Olympic update, and we do that, of course, thanks to habitual equipment. Sharks versus Spain, well, that is done. They've been defeated, the Sharkies, so they are, as Ciro says, they're pretty much done. It doesn't look as though they can progress any further there. At 4 o'clock this afternoon, Barty and Piers taking on the Joker and Stojanovic for the bronze medal match. We'll be here in studio for that one. SEN 1170, you've got your cover there as NRL Nation starts to fire up. Finchie in the house, Timmy Manor as well. The Hockey Roos, they are underway. They're still unbeaten. This is versus Argentina. The men's basketball this evening at 6.20, so plenty more still to come right here. But the best part is, which, uh, of course, the missile's looking forward to, the track 4x400 mixed relay tonight. Uh, we just said you don't see it in athletics, yeah. and I've had to eat my words straight away. Some people are starting to call this the darkest day in world sport. <laughs> 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 yeah. Come on, Blue Studio. <laughs> oh, very, very good. Uh, what's on today, gentlemen? I mean, there's not many options. How'd you go with the move for Bailey, by the way? Uh, well, we moved both of them. Yeah, well, both? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a nightmare because they both, you know, uh, Bailey had to get out of Terrigal, so we had to go and get him out. And yeah. Curtis, Curtis had actually planned to, to move out of his apartment, so... He's in the lockdown, enjoying life, you know, sitting around the pool, and we were packing up houses and cleaning, cleaning crap up. And, and anyway, it's all done and dusted, mate. So we've yeah, we moved forward. Now, any WBWs <laughs> for the punters? You've been very sharp. Have you got any, uh, any mail coming mate, through? I, I, I haven't haven't really paid much attention here, mate. To be honest, if, if you give me a yeah, have a look at that. What are you doing today, Jimmy? What's your plans? Uh, I'll be watching more Olympics, uh, writing during the Olympics for News Corp. So. Um, penning some articles, and then I'm off to Fox Sports uh, to chat all things swimming as well. So wow, busy. Yeah, busy, busy. But once the swimming's over this week, I can relax a little bit and enjoy some of these other sports. Um, but, yeah, it's been a crazy week for me. Yeah, it has been a crazy week, and you're doing terrifically well too. Uh, you can have your say on the text line 0457 736 736. Here's an update through the Daily Telegraph. Uh, the NRL plans to reschedule all games from today to either tomorrow or Monday and play the matches in regional Queensland. So they plan to reschedule all games from today to either tomorrow or Monday. A snap lockdown in southeast Queensland has impacted today's three games. South versus St. George, Illawarra and Rockhampton, along with the Suncorp Stadium doubleheader of the Knights in Canberra and also the Storm and the Panthers. So the plans are underway to reschedule the games on Sunday or Monday in front of empty stadiums. So as we read from that, it is all over as far as today is concerned. But we're going to march on here on SEN 1170. We're going to have a bit of fun for the next four hours, or three hours. We'll take it up to five o'clock. Adam Peacock will take the Olympic coverage after that. But there you go. Uh, as Finchie says, the angel and the devil, they're getting ready to take over the studio. Ciro's done outstanding. Well done to Nick Davis, too, who kicked us off in fine style. And uh, 
the missile. Outstanding work today, mate. Thanks, boys. Thank you, man. Very enjoyable. Yeah, good on you. Very enjoyable. Alex, no, no WBWs, hero? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Jeanette Young, you, you won't be involved in them, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well done, Brooksy. Thank you to Alex and to all our listeners. Stay with us right here on SEN 1170. NRL Nation coming up right after this. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91